Well, hello there. What's kicking, little chickens? This is Tom Corson, Dynasty Infidel, coming at you with another episode of TFA Dino Show. Robbie and Cody, unfortunately, couldn't come on tonight, but we have a great show for you guys. We're going to be talking some rookie wide receivers with the one and only Brandon Angelo, a.k.a. Angelo Fantasy, creator of Angelo Analysis. He does the Ascension Grades, which is something he came up with. You can find his stuff over at angeloanalysis.com. You're doing some awesome things as usual. Welcome back, bud. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. This will be fun. Yeah, man. How'd you want to talk rookie wide receivers last year? Did such a great job. Figured we'd have you come back, say nice things. First things first, though, you don't have to tell me I was right about Jalen Waddle. I already know. Yeah, you were. No, I, I remember we, we talked about Waddle, Smith, and Chase a good bit. Yeah. Um, but all three look like they're going to. Awesome. They're gonna smash right? expectations. So and Isn't Waddle nice? especially with Hill. Yeah, no, it is cool. That that well, the last class I think we we're gonna take for granted a bit because we have uh it's like a three-header hydra right now. So in my opinion, yeah. I, I think those three guys are you know gonna have the most successful careers. But yeah, I mean with Hill and uh Hill and Waddle, I mean that's a that's quite the that's duo. Silly. So yeah. Yeah, I was I saw some of the, the top speeds they had was like 23.4 last year and like 21.6. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> just silly. Just, just and then insane. you throw in throwing Gasecki in there who's not exactly a non-athletic tight end and Boaster. Yeah, dude. He, yeah. They're going to be silly. Yeah, you got a 4 by one That's insane. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to do a question of the of the week before we kind of get into this. Cool. You can be one character from a movie in real life. Who are you? Oh man. All right. Willie Beeman. Got it. Willie Beeman. <laughs> Willie Beeman. That's a, I'll be honest. That's a great movie. Uh that is a I, great was, movie. I was looking through the, the show sheet actually, and I was on the way home. I'm like, damn, what character do I want to be? I'm like, honestly, Willie Beeman. Because that, that movie for one is just awesome. Very underrated movie. You know, Al Pacino, Dennis Quaid, Jerry Fox, come on, phenomenal movie. Yeah. And I just like his character a ton. Like his character is just so much fun, but yeah, man, Willie Beeman would be hilarious. Like I, that's I, a, I just think it's great. This is a great movie. That's a good one. I went a different route. I mean, there's so many good ones. Obviously, Luke Skywalker would be badass if you're into Star Wars. Rocky would be awesome, minus the brain damage. You know, <laughs> yeah, Bruce Wayne, a Clark. Guy, so yeah, be solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, obviously cool. Like anybody from Marvel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Marvel. Do you watch Marvel movies? Of course. I watch everything. All right, I'm gonna go with Thor, right? Okay. All right. Like, like he's a legit god. Like he can put lightning like up your ass whenever he wants. Legit like, he's god. Probably That's the, not the first, first thing I think about doing, but I like the thought process. I mean, you can. I mean, yeah, you, you can. <laughs> can. <laughs> like, like he can beat up the Hulk, so he's yeah, strongest, so to speak. I like it. And let's be honest. He he's a good looking dude. Like even the Lebowski version. With cheese whiz, like all over his chin, he was still a baller. And he got Natalie Portman, too, by the way. I mean, that's Jane. So if you're a Star Wars guy, it's like he was banging Luke's mom, Padme. So, I mean, yeah, that's I, I, you can't go wrong with Thor. You're literally picking a god. Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan. Let's get into it a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your ascension grading system, what your process is before we get started, and then we'll kind of go through that. Sure. Uh, so I, I've always been a film guy. That's what most people kind of know me as. But the one thing I want to do, going back a few years now, 2019, 2020, um, I want to combine like film and analytics to make essentially um, a holistic prospect grade. Because I, I, I always believe in using both. Like whenever I, you know, do my own research for my own rookie drafts, I use both processes on uh, my own film from my own eyes that I watch. And then I, I use things like college dominator and bmi and receiving production and workload and you know historical production that type of stuff and use that all the time uh, to make my own assumptions on hey what's this prospect going to look like three five ten years down the line and so what i do is on ags the ascension grading system it's 70 percent film and 30 percent analytics and then it's 10 film factors to make up like a running back or receiver prospect um their skill sets they're magnified and they're graded based around the film review and then their analytic grades at the end of a prospect's collegiate career, key data points are charted from them. So those data points for, for those 
for those guys is experience adjusted production. So I instead of like age adjusted production, uh, I found experience adjusted production to be a little more sticky. Kyle's dominator, uh, historical production as a rusher for the running backs, BMI, and then receiving production and workload. And then for the receivers, career yards per reception, that's a big one for me from looking at the receiver standpoint, their historical production as a receiver. So basically, like for example, like Devontae Smith had the most historic year of a receiver ever. And the grain system uses multipliers. So it's 1.25 times multiplier for a basically a near elite grade. So like 90th percentile, 1.5 times multiplier for 95th or above percentile. So like Devontae Smith had the most historic season in collegiate football history. So he's going to get a 7.5 times, you know, 1.5 times multiplier and equals seven and a half you know, grading points. And when I did that, you know, when I ran through my test trials for about a year and did it, I liked how it came out because there's a lot of players and prospects that was pretty high end on film, but analytically just didn't line up. Like hitting on guys, it has to be way more holistic than, you know, just one process. It can't just be all film or all analytics. It has to be a good blend of each. So yeah, man, I mean, it's been great. This is the, the second year I've done it in full. On uh, the first couple of years, I was kind of tweaking the process and seeing what I want to put in it, what I didn't want. It was most predictive. But yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, I really like how it's shaped up so far this year. It's been really interesting to see where the guys are landing, especially when we talk about guys like Sky Moore, which is a pleasant surprise for me. I didn't think he'd be graded that high analytically in particular. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really good to look at when you, when you mix it up. Uh, and on your site, uh, angeloanalysis.com you have everything written down where it's, you see their film grade, you see their analytic grade, you combine them and that's how you get everything. So you can see a little bit, some of these prospects have better film grades, but really bad analytic grades and, and vice versa. So that's pretty cool. So head over to Angelo analysis and take a look at that, especially if you want uh, to kind of read about the Ascension grading system, because you know, if, if you, if you need to read things like, like me, sometimes it's a, it's a little bit easier to kind of uh, comprehend some of that stuff. So normally when you, when you rank dynasty, it's tier one and it's the top guys from that year. Uh, you do it a little bit differently. Right. You, you kind of have an overarching approach. Right. Yeah. So, so I grade it kind of similar way. So my, mine are based on like potential. So like ceiling essentially. So my tier one guys are my gold jacket guys. Those are guys who I think have potential to be a hall of famer. Or AGS that thinks they're the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, tier two is the All Pro guys. Tier three, Pro Bowl caliber dudes. Um, tier four, your high floor, like primary receiving options, or essentially like for running backs, your average to above average NFL back. Tier five is your high ceiling, high risk prospects. Tier six is your niche role players, spot producers, and tier seven is your depth, your depth receiver with a low career ceiling. So how it works is it's really thin at the top. So there's not many tier one or tier two guys. So, for example, in the last in the last um, two years, there's been three: Pitts, Chase, Smith, C.D. Lamb as well. He's in that he's in that category. But then when you get further down, like I said, not that many in tier two, tier three, the Pro Bowlers. That's when we see this class kind of coming coming to play, like Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson. Uh, those guys are all in that in that Pro Bowl caliber tier, as well as Sky Moore. So those guys, the obviously the the higher up you get, the the higher the hit percentage essentially is. Yeah, no, I, I really, I really like how you do this because when you talk about trading for dynasty draft picks, etc., um, especially at like the top half, like okay, I want to trade up so I can get a wide receiver. Like in this class, you're trading up to get a wide receiver, but when you talk about Pro Bowlers, that might be you know wide receiver twelve to wide receiver sixteen. Whereas last year, you look at Pitts, you look at Chase. If you're going to trade up for a wide receiver. You're taking, looking at a possible wide receiver one or two overall, right. Um, right. which is a way to spin that for Dynasty. We're going right. to start with a guy in your tier three, Sky Moore. Yeah, let, let's, talk about, <laughs> let's talk about him. He's by far the least consensus out of people's top tier, and he's in your top tier. So what puts him in that Pro Bowl tier for you? I know you said he graded out really well analytically. What, what was he doing that stood out? Yeah, I, I think the number one thing when you – when we go back to the film of him, it's his, you know, his blend of quickness and his accelerative capabilities are really, really strong. I mean, look at the combine too. If you want to look at service level, you know, metrics, you know, one, four, six to 10 yards. Uh, there's a guy that's, that's in the 95th percentile or above for all prospects. So this is a guy that 
is uh, pretty much an all-time elite accelerator at the NFL Combine, which is a huge deal when you're talking about the slot position, right? He's going to be playing 11 personnel primarily. He can play outside. He can play Z a bit. But I think in the NFL, with his movement skills and his his ability to accelerate his quickness, he's going to be a slot producer. And the way that NFL teams are moving way, way more towards 11 personnel, I think he's going to be an absolute smash um, in the NFL with the, with the team. There's teams like the Kansas City Chiefs that are looking at him too in, in the early rounds. So um, that'll be interesting to see where he, where he ends up. And he's only been playing the position for three years, which is a really unique thing about him. It's funny, when he came to campus, he was a defensive back. And then once he switched over, he had like an 800-yard season his freshman year. He's been playing the position for like three months. So I don't care like what conference you're in. That's hard to do. But he's definitely a guy that, for me, I looked at after the NFL Combine, and I was, I was surprised the deeper I dove into him, how good he really is. I think he should be mentioned with some of those bigger guys, those bigger names. And then when we talk about analytically, where did he really stack up? He's, he was pretty good. Analytic score is like 16.12, film grade 40.24. The film grade is pretty damn good for him because he's a you know he's a top-level accelerator, so he scores 7.5 there. Um, his college dominator was in you know, the 90, I think 91st percentile. So like he's got the 5.62 there for bonus. Didn't have a super high yards per reception, but, you know, he scored a four and experience adjusted production because he had 800 yards as a, as a corner. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. Going from corner to receiver. So he's definitely an interesting prospect and one that I didn't expect to have to be this high on, um, on film and analytically, but he's, you know, he's one I'm probably going to be grabbing in every second round of rookie draft this year. Yeah, honestly, with his draft capital, though, I don't think he's going to make it to the second round in a lot of rookie drafts now. Yeah, I think that's, he passed out of the bag. Yeah. yeah, I think, I, I might, think it's, it's one of those things where the NFL may have been ahead of the dynasty community because you see him sneaking into the first round in a lot of draft yep. scouts, their rankings, he's a bit higher. I think he's going to be one of the more scheme-dependent wide receivers because you, you have agree. to use him properly, use him with motions, slot, uh, just getting the ball into his hands, just creating touches for him. He's twitchy, he's slippery. He's like you said, he just accelerates like it's you know he's got a Lamborghini right there. So right, um, that's interesting though. But I think scheme fit for him. If he goes Kansas City, people might people are going to wind up saying that he's wide receiver one in the class. Oh, I agree. I, I, I think that's you know it's 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 interesting because of you know we're going to talk about the wide receiver landscape a bit later, but you know Green Bay, Kansas City, there's spots this year where. There's a ton of oh, targets yeah. open. And those targets right. are valuable because look who's throwing the ball. Magic Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, hey, there's targets open in Philly and yeah, Jalen Hurts sauce to the pigskin. So uh, thanks for the insult. But um yeah, I know. Traylon Burks. We're at a four five five forty at the combine, and some people were disappointed. But I mean, based on his play speed at two hundred and twenty five pounds, that gave him a speed score of hundred and six point four, I believe. 87 percentile in the database of weight adjusted 40 times. Thanks to draft Net network for that stat. You have him graded as your top receiver in the class. He's a pretty divisive prospect. When you actually look at like fantasy Twitter versus draft Twitter, like I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts with guys like Jahan Dotson going like the tail end of the first round, even the early twenties and Burks is slipping out of it. Uh, you don't share those yeah. concerns. No, Why? I don't. I think the, the biggest thing with Burks is he's, kind of moldable clay right he has all the physical attributes that you want in a wide receiver he's big six two and the crazy thing is he's not 225 pounds you know what he played at he played at 240 last year he had to slim down for the combine you know he's a guy who's reached 22.6 miles an hour on gps data you know on field you never see him caught from behind he's going to be a guy that's going to be a level three threat and a level one threat right away but the thing with him versus guys like Dotson and Jamison Williams in particular is they're going to help an NFL offense, Dotson and Williams, because they're on the field and they're going to stretch the defense right. with their pure presence as right. what they can do at top end speed, how they can get past corners. Burks is going to be a guy you have to design your offense around. And that's going to be interesting to see what team wants to do that and help him out in that regard. He's not going to be a plug and play guy anywhere. You see all the time guys who are gifted around the line of scrimmage or gifted down the field. If you can't give him the ball, it doesn't matter. Or if you don't want to get in the ball too. We saw the a big shift from this year to last year. A guy like LaVisca Chenault Jr. had a pretty dang strong rookie season. 
and then you saw the total shift in offensive mentality, and he was crickets in his sophomore year in the league. That's kind of what I see in terms of the skill set around the line of scrimmage. Kind of Chenault like you can wind up a wildcat, you can put him in the slot, motion him, you can do a lot of things with him. But the down the field skill set's very reminiscent of Demarius Thomas, and that's where he's a little bit different. Oof. Is you can you you can throw it up, and he's gonna go get it, and he, you know, he played center field in high school. He was a really good baseball player, actually, which is funny. But he tracks the ball really well, big, strong hands. But you're talking about a guy who's probably going to be playing at close to 6'2", 230, 235 pounds. That's a mismatch, man, yeah. especially if you put him and in the D- slot. I'm, and I think DT was like 6'2", 215 when he was coming out and played around like 220, 225. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And- so you're going to get a guy that's – that big with that type of top end speed, I think he can be a special player in the league. It's just where's he gonna land? Are they gonna afford him that opportunity? He's not a guy, he's not a plug and play guy, right? You're gonna have to give him some time to acclimate, you're gonna have to scheme him touches, make him comfortable at the NFL level. But the sky's the limit. Yeah, right right now he's my wide receiver too. And when you sit there and you you go into more film because I'm mostly a film guy. You just see the the physical attributes that he has, where he's right. just he out muscles everybody, and then he runs away from everybody, which is something right. I didn't see from Drake London enough as far as him running away from people. Like Trey Burks get the ball mm-hmm. in his hands, and he's got some space, and he's gone. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. big yeah. That's a big difference between him and a lot of the other prospects in this class. Is he has he has one play touchdown ability from anywhere on the yeah. field. And that's the unique part of his game at his size. And if you turn on the Alabama game, that's the one where if you're like on the fence about Burks and his skill set, turn on the Alabama game. He's playing against some of the top players in the country on defense. And he was the best player on the field, bar none. It wasn't even close. I mean, what he did against that Alabama defense with mediocre quarterback play and play calling also isn't indicative to what his skill set can be right he doesn't have a diverse route tree because he wasn't asked to have a diverse route tree so that's a big deal too is hey is he gonna develop well he can it depends on you know where he lands let's talk a little drake london here you have him graded right under trey burks he was fantastic in the eight games he played this season He's right there with him Traylon burks in in that tier three for you like how does he compare for you what are his deficiencies? Kind of talk us through Drake London a little bit. Yeah, I, I think the one thing about London, he's kind of a one-speed receiver. He, he's not a guy that's going to blow by you. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to, you know, at the line of scrimmage, he's not going to provide you much separation. But the one thing he does really well is he wins through contact. And he continuously does that. Really good on the sidelines and the boundaries. He's this big slot right now i think that's where he kind of slots in the nfl i think he's gonna be a big slot receiver to start and as he kind of gains better toolbox to line of scrimmage in terms of release package you can put him out wide but he's a physical player man he reminds me a lot of brandon marshall just one of those guys that just plays bully ball with corners um he's just hard to stop in the red zone i think him like him burks and wilson are all very different receivers but they're all the same in the fact that they can all be number one options in the nfl offense um, Wilson different than Burks, different than London in this regard, but London's one of those prototypical possession receivers. I can see him playing a role similar to that of, um, the Saints, Michael Thomas, more so used on the first and second level, third level targets can be hard to come by with, with such a narrow release package. But if he has a good quarterback, you can, you know, back shoulder, you know, throw back shoulders to him and, and pinpoint him. Um, he could be productive there too. So I think it's, you know, depending on, you know, what you look for in a receiver, uh, he could be the most successful of this whole group in terms of fantasy upside because, you know, he's going to be a guy that if he gets chosen by an NFL organization, he's going to, I think he's going to command 120 targets immediately, 130 targets immediately because of who he is, if he's healthy. But yeah, he, he's a fun prospect, man. I mean, he's he's not, you know, super fast. He's not not a great accelerator either, but he's tough to bring down after the catch and he's, extremely good in contested catch situations the contested catches are what gets me because he's great in them but they happen so often you clearly see the lack of separation and that's concerning for me but he's very raw so he's right. got a ton of untapped potential could have the highest upside 
uh, in the class with good coaching because he clearly hasn't hit his ceiling yet. Great with the ball in his hands. He plays like a dog, really strong hands. I, it's just the, the contested catches thing. It kind of, I'm, I'm a little scared about it, man. I'm gun shy getting like JJW'd. It, 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 it hurts. So I don't, and he's yeah. not bad. He's a lot more athletic than JJW. I'm just saying. Sure. No, when I, I see the I, contested catch. Yeah, thing, it, I know. I agree. I, I think it's, it's, if, if his other skill sets don't rise up to rise up to it, then yeah, I think it can be a problem. That's your only shining trait, but I think he's a good. He's a good blocker. He's physical. He's really good with the ball in his hands. So you, yes. you can give him those scheme touches, like he had at USC, uh, especially this last year. So uh, I like it. I like him there. I like him in the slot. Like I said, I think he's a really good big slot receiver. Um, going to be a great first level, reliable first level option for an NFL offense. So we'll see where he lands. I, I would, you know, I would hope you know an NFL team deploys him in the slot initially and then lets him grow from there. Well, I mean, you you said a couple words that immediately make you think of one quarterback, which was back shoulder throw. So, I mean, if, if he somehow goes to Green Bay, oh yeah, no, he's yeah. You know, if he goes to Green Bay, it's going to be 130, 140 targets and over yeah. 1,100 yards. That you're gonna, yeah, right. he's going to smash there for sure. If that's the case, any any receiver, any of these, any of these big three, I think we're talking about. Uh, if they go to, I think the one that has the most chance of going to Green Bay is actually Traylon Burks. Um, in terms of draft position, I think London goes in the top twelve. I think Wilson goes in the top fifteen. I think Burks is going to be somewhere from um, sixteen to twenty-three. That, that's my guess for Burks. So you think London goes before Garrett Wilson? Eh? I do. I, I think in looking at some of the teams that are where they're drafting, I I think they want more of a big physical outside receiver that they think is going to you know, play on the outside help them move the chains. But I think the Jets are the ones I see him ending up with because right now Zach Wilson doesn't doesn't have that guy. He has Elijah Moore, who's a yeah. great receiver, um, but he doesn't have that big physical presence. He can rely on the red zone and um, on third down. So I think, I think that's where he lands. That's my guess, but um, we'll see. I think Garrett Wilson's the safest wide receiver in the class. Reminds me a bit yeah. of Stefan Diggs. He's got your best film grade. Out of all the wide yep. receivers, he does. Um, got one of right. your lower analytic grades, though. Can you talk about what bumps him yeah. down there? Yeah, I th it's it's funny because like analytically, it's like like on film, obviously he smashed. I mean, highest film grade in this class, and the guy's phenomenal. If you watch him play, a couple things: his yards per reception weren't that high. It's like you know, scored three and a half out of you know three and a half out of the numbers we have here on AGS, and then college dominator was just average. Experience adjusted production, a little above average. Um, so he didn't get any bonuses in his analytics score. And that's the really big one in analytics that I found from putting these together is if you're not getting, if you're not 90th or 95th percentile, you're not going to have a great analytics score. It might be okay. Like his is a little bit low, like or below 15, just kind of average, but you see guys upwards of like 20, like that happens sometimes too, that you're just, you know, these guys smash from day one and you're like, okay, this is an absolute star. Like Jonathan Taylor. When I right. put him in AGS and the analytics side, it's like, okay, he's Kaboom. not going to fail. Like, yeah, he's, <laughs> Stop it. yeah, you just, you just, you just auto pick Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Re um, rewrite Kyle, the system and just go from there. Exactly. Like Kyle Pitts was one too, where like I put it in and it's like, oh, okay. He's gonna, he's going to smash no matter what. And same with like Jamar Chase, Devante Smith, you know, CD lamb, like those guys in the upper tiers, like analytically they grade out so high that you're just like, oh wow. Like these are can't miss dudes. He's a little different in that regard where he wasn't elite analytically, but he was good, good to okay. But on film, he had, you know, a 90th percentile-ish film grade. So he's one of those you, – you're right. You're the nail on the head. You, you can put him in any NFL offense, and he's going to produce. Similar to how Devontae Smith produced last year in Philly's offense, you know, when they're running 59% of the time, and he still had 900, 900 yards, right? But that's what I see from – from Wilson, really safe floor, kind of like Devontae Smith. Might not be super sexy ceiling if he gets in, if he doesn't get into a really good NFL offense. But yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a you know a day one wide receiver, one NFL offense. When we're talking about like Garrett Wilson his analytics score, it kind of brings me back to Jalen Waddle. Did Jalen Waddle not have a great analytics score basically because of the competition that he had around him for targets? And then the injuries as well. Garrett Wilson doesn't necessarily have the injury issues, right. but the competition with the targets because these Ohio State wide receivers were just stupid. 
Oh yeah, and it's kind of similar, honestly. I think when you when you look at those guys who are like one year or so mega producers, that's kind of what you get. So like a guy like so a guy like Jalen Wild is a really good example because on film he was in the forties, right? If you're in the forties on a film grade, that's pretty damn good. He was forty one seventy four, I think, and then analytically he was a sixteen, so not uber high, but he also had a season where his yards, you know, his yard per reception is in the 98th percentile, right? Right. So that's where it bumps him up a good amount, but everything else is pretty average and below average. But that's what I like about AGS too, is it gives me the perspective of where these, where is this player elite? If they're not elite in multiple categories, they're probably not going to be an elite player in the NFL, uh, especially fantasy. That's what we're talking about. You want to go on to uh, Angelo's tier four right here. Uh, so this is the tier two of your dynasty receivers this year, tier mm-hmm. four overall. That's a high floor primary receiving option. In this tier, we have George Pickens, Jameson Williams, and Chris Olave. We're going to start out with George Pickens, who is a Debbie darling going back to his freshman breakout year. Unfortunately, due to injuries, we don't have a ton of film on him. Right. Measures in smaller than he played, I thought. Uh, he definitely has that like alpha dog mentality. You know, give us your process and how you went grading him because we don't have a ton of film on him, but what we saw was really good. Right. I and mean, he was an interesting eval because he's so physical and you could see it as a blocker too. Great down the field, really incredibly gifted in inner athlete, inconsistent in contested catch situations. That's the one thing I I noted from him is he kind of just didn't know how to, you know how to play the ball sometimes when it was in the air, but he has the physical traits to be dominant there. I really like him. I think he can be a number one option in the NFL, but where I always say with the guys in like tier four, well, why weren't they tier three guys for him? It's more so I think the injury bogs him down a bit. He didn't have a historically productive season from an experience standpoint. He did in the sec. So that was great for him. But he wasn't a guy that was a high, you know, high volume producer in the SEC because of the injuries. So we have a little more pause there and some question marks. Um, some of the Jamison Williams. I mean, Jamison Williams produced one year at a high level, got hurt, produced, didn't produce at all at Ohio State. And he's probably going to be cast into a level three role right away, which is great from a yards per reception standpoint. But if you're playing in PPR leagues, it's very, I compare him to Will Fuller. This could be a guy that goes three for 120 and two or two for 20 and zero. And and that's the tougher thing about a guy like Williams in contrast to Pickens. Pickens profiles more of a higher volume pass catcher, like, uh, you know, like Mike Williams, essentially. He could be a little bit more higher volume. I don't think he's going to be um, like Mike Thomas. But I think he can be a guy that, you know, is a pretty high volume receiver, player on the line of scrimmage a lot. He has, he's a good mover for his size as well. Um, pretty abrupt and sudden. I like that about him. But plays the ball well down the field, red zone option. But Jamison Williams, I think, is just going to be a level three threat. That's kind of what I saw from him. Obviously, he's a great accelerator. I mean, just absolutely dynamic with the ball in his hands. But the injury is going to be a question mark for me, too. It's like, hey, you, have, you know, the, his profile in general has some questions. His the level and where he plays and produces has some questions. That's a hard level. It's a hard level to win at consistently in the NFL. And even if you did, like Devontae Smith, prime example, he lived on level three this year for whatever reason. That's what they did with him. And he was just a like what a mid and mid tier wide receiver three in fantasy or wide receiver four, actually. Mm-hmm. I think upper uh high end wide receiver four. That's kind of what I see with Williams in terms of role. And we didn't love Devontae Smith from, from a fancy perspective last year. He was okay. You know, he, yeah. if you're like in a three flex league, he's, he's an okay flex too. But I don't think Williams is going to move the needle in terms of fantasy production. Uh, I think he's going to be a better real-life player than fancy producer. Productive, but not in higher volumes. Chris Olave, I think, is that next guy that we're going to talk about that I think has a better chance of producing on all three levels. He's kind of like a Tyler Lockett, and he he has that ability to contort and you know to be that downfield threat and to be to be kind of like that safety blanket that Tyler Lockett was for Russell Wilson. I think he can be that guy. 
he can win on all three levels. He's a great route runner. I think he's the most experienced route runner in this class. And by experienced, I mean has experience running a full tree. He can run a full tree. Will the NFL want him to be a primary receiver? I don't know. I think he's better off as a high-end second receiver in NFL offense. Kind of like I like kind of like Jalen Waddle to Tyreek Hill. I think Jalen Waddle is best cast as a high-end wide receiver too in an NFL offense. Rather than a, you know, a solo one. Similar to Olavi, I think he I think he can be best in a situation where he's under another really good wide receiver to take the pressure off. I don't know if he can win solely on his own, but all three of these guys are are dudes that can win. It's just where are they gonna land? Yeah, I think they're all wide receiver twos in an NFL offense. I think that's right. where they're they're best suited. So I think you have them then placed properly. Uh, I think Jameson Williams probably has the highest upside if he can kind of uh, harness his speed and develop a little bit more into, you know, his level two, level one production because he's got that, that, that speed is just silly good. And the ACL injuries aren't what they used to be. And that that's going to knock him down. Like a lot of people had him going as a first wide receiver off the board. And now he's going to be in that Green Bay, Kansas City realm where all of a sudden if he goes there, people are going to be like, well, shit, I guess. <laughs> and he's going to get yeah. bumped up. Uh, Chris Olave, I, so. I think he's going to go earlier than a lot of people, you know, in I'm trying to think of who he is. He might be Hollywood Brown from the wow. I can't believe he went that high aspect over so-and-so. Yeah, um, I, I, th- I think so. I think there's a couple guys in this class that can kind of play that role. And I think it was like Kadarius Tony going in the first round last year. Like, yeah, oh, what that's are same you thing. Doing moment. But I think Alave, right. if Alave goes anywhere from 15 to 25, I'm not going to be shocked because he's no, he's a plug and play. I mean, he's not, and he's polished. Like, he's, yeah, man, he's NFL ready. You put him out there at Z and go to work. <clears throat> I mean, he's going to, he's going to be productive. I don't think he's going to be as productive as Garrett Wilson. But Agreed. from the high end, but I think he's going to be a productive NFL player. I think he's going to have a ton of success. I think he's going to live on the third level of a defense because um, he's just so smart and he's also extremely fast. So, um, yeah, I'm right. excited when, to see where he lands. Green Bay wouldn't surprise you, me either. No, and when you get that get into that range um, after the top, you know, wide receivers are gone. You have teams that he's going to be the wide receiver too, and he's going to be perfect. I mean, you have Green Bay, Kansas City. Well, Kansas City, Green Bay, I don't even want to talk. I don't even know what they're going to do. Uh, it doesn't matter as far as wide receiver two there because he would actually go in and be the wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, like, 100%. Like Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Chargers, like there's teams later on where it's going to be like sneaky wide receiver picks that are going to be really good for them. But we're, we're going to go into your next tier here. So this is your high ceiling, high risk, and this is usually where I live because I usually trade my my first round picks away sometimes, uh, and then I'm you know I have two or three second round picks, and some of these guys yeah. usually fall in there, uh, and I'm taking sure. swings. I'm not just taking a guy where I'm like, well, he can be a wide receiver three. Uh, we have David Bell, we have Justin Ross, and we have Christian Watson. Justin Ross, everybody knows Justin Ross if you played Devi because you loved him, and then you thought his career was over. So you may have even right. dropped him in Debbie, and I'm really sorry because that sucks. Right. Um, right. And then we have David Bell. And, you know, in the Marine Corps, we have a saying, military in general sometimes, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Well, David Bell is apparently, you know. Yeah. Very, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> very slow because that horrendous 4 6 5, 40 time was a big disappointment at the Combine. One area that he did not disappoint you at at all was the analytics side, though. So I want to talk about that. He's got your highest analytic grade in the entire class. Uh, so talk about yeah. whether he can overcome like some of his athletic shortcomings, which I necessarily, I didn't necessarily see a lot of it on tape. I, I don't know what happened at the combine, to tell you the truth. Right. Like, yeah. He, do you have do you have a comp for him too? Because yeah. I kind of see Tyler Boyd. <clears throat> I don't see that high-end wide receiver, but I see that guy who can be like a wide receiver two in Dynasty as a ceiling, especially in a PPR league because he's going to live – you know, on that that level one short, just getting balls and just, you know, making first downs. Yeah, I think a, a Tyler Boyd, like a bigger Doug Baldwin, um, where he can be oh, angry Doug, man. I miss that, that dude. That, yeah, dude, I do too. He was great. He was fun to watch, man. I mean, just that yeah, first down machine. The thing with like I've seen with tier five receivers, 
And I'm going to list off some of the ones in tier five that were in there in the past. Tamari on Terry. I mean, literally, I think he he murdered somebody. So we just, <laughs> something along. No, literally, like, okay. This yeah. Like quick mm-hmm. stories. So I drafted him in Debbie a couple of years ago. And, and this is when he was projected, actually, by like a lot of major networks. Like, he was going to be a first round pick from like 25 Same. to 35. And I'm like, okay, absolutely. The guy's, the guy's a stud. And then, you know, I'm, I'm watching the NFL draft. My buddy's like, did Terry go yet? We're like in round two. I'm like, no. Round three, no. Four. And I'm just like, what happened to Tamari on Terry? And then my buddy's like, dude, you got to read this. And it literally said like he's and being investigated for murder. I'm like, wait, what? Like there's there's <laughs> so there's so one so thing that's you why he do. fell. Yeah. So that's can't that that's murder why he people. Fell. So that's a big one. And then tier five is also Jalen Rager. Um, Marquise Brown, Amari Rogers, Denzel Mims, T. Higgins, Seth Williams, Jay Jay Jaw, oof, Jalen Darden, Dwayne Eskridge, Michael Pittman, and Terry McLaurin. So it's kind of like yeah, a 50 so, so you say like you say oof, but there's a lot of names in there. Yeah. And that's there's the thing a is, lot of names in there. There's a lot, a lot of guys that fall in that. Like it can go either way. Like look at like even at the bottom of that, like Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, and then yeah. you have T. Higgins. Marquise Brown, those aren't bad receivers, right? No, they're and they're really good. So I'm taking two or three of these guys in my team. Exactly. So that's the that's the thing that's interesting is like for every Seth Williams, you're gonna get a Terry McLaren. I don't know if any of these guys in this class are them. David Bell, going back to him, it's gonna be is he gonna get a high volume role? If he does, he'll produce. If he does not, he won't. And that's I think it's pretty simple with him. Um, Justin Ross, is he healthy? Like fractured foot. That's big. He had the he had the vertebrae issue that he I think is still going on. Hope he figured it out. That was super scary with him. Um, so there's a reports like he might not play again, and he ended up playing. We'll find out a lot about him medically by where he goes. I think that's the same with Tylen Wallace last year. Is we found out medically how the NFL viewed Tylen Wallace and very similar to Justin Ross, I think. Obviously, Tom Walsh with just the ACL, but the hereditary issues too. His twin brother had two of them. Um, and NFL teams weren't willing to weren't willing to take that risk with Thailand, um, and that showed us, hey, you know, he's probably not going to be this higher volume productive receiver in the NFL. That will they'll tell us that with Justin Ross if he's a day three pick. I think um, Christian Watson's going to be he's dude. He's a riser, man. I think he's going to end up being a first round pick. Big riser. Yeah, seeing, he's you say first round pick. Uh, he's a first rounder. Yeah, he's 100. Uh, I think the upside's immense. I think he could be the best receiver in this whole entire tier that of of grading for the last like three four years. I think and that's he has a really just, good tier. That's a yeah. I mean, you're talking yeah. guys like T Higgins, T. Higgins Terry yeah. McLaurin, like those aren't slouches, man. I, I think he could be that. And the reason why is. He has all the physical traits you want in a wide receiver one in terms of he's long, he's strong, he's fast, good accelerator, good in contested catch situations. He's a willing blocker, but he's very raw. So if the rawness doesn't supersede the development, then we got to boom, smash second round of your rookie drafts. If you were drafting for the NFL draft, just take your swing at So I think he has a chance to be – one of the best receivers in this draft cycle if he develops. But I think I think he's gonna be a first rounder. I mean, that's that's yeah, what I think. He, he's got that size speed combo where some team is gonna fall in love with him. So um, yeah, it's it's gonna be if he, interesting. If he doesn't go in the in the first though, he's I think he's gonna go definitely in the top half of the second round because <laughs> there's not gonna be a lot of wide receivers that go there and there's still a lot of teams that that have needs at wide receiver in the top half of the second round so i think let me see over under like 44 and a half or so i don't see he's getting i don't think he's getting Mm -hmm. past the the bears would take him i think they they want a they want a dj chark tyrell williams-esque receiver uh which i that's what kind of what i think he is i don't think he's as good as dj chark is um at chark's peak but i think he could be like a Tyrell Williams plus type player, which is not a bad player. We forget Tyrell Williams is actually pretty good, but he's 
he is he's that type of player where he can be a level three threat plus some. So we're we're gonna go on to your your tier four here, which is your or, I'm sorry, your tier six, which is a spot producer. It's you know dynasty tier four. We have Johan Dotson in here, Wandale, and Mechie. So we're gonna talk about Dotson here because he's getting love as like a first round NFL wide receiver in, in mock mm-hmm. drafts. Can you talk about what has you concerned about him? I just don't see him being productive on all three levels. I think that's a prerequisite for being like a fantasy, you know, a reliable fantasy asset is you gotta be productive on all three levels of the field. Like think of think of receivers right now that, you know, are in your top 10 and 12 in dynasty like all of them produce at all three levels in my opinion you, you probably are along the same lines of he's going to be a better nfl player mm-hmm. for a team than he will a dynasty aspect he's going to be more like tory smith where he's a field yeah, stretcher i think that's a fantastic comparison to to Jahan dotson honestly is that's where he's going to live is he's going to have those games where he's four for four for 120 and three he's going to mm-hmm. have those games where he's one for 15 and that's going to be the tough thing with him is he is likely to be below pick 35 i think he's going to go in that he's going to go between 20 and 35 in my opinion that's where i think he goes he's going to surprise people him and a lot of people surprise people with how high they go in the nfl draft because nfl evaluators need and offensive coordinators need that level three threat um and that's what he is a guy like Alec Pierce, too. I'm doing his grading right now, actually, on AGS, so he should be out Sunday. Uh, he's probably going to go into that uh, tier tier five category, judging by how his film shaking is going to shake up. Um, but when you go, when you talk about Wandale Robinson, it, it's tough because he does a lot well with the ball in his hands, but he needs the ball in his hands. Like, yeah, pretty simple. Like, you need to get mm-hmm. the ball. But as an offensive corner, going to change their philosophies, and that's the question: is is he just going to be that? that gadget piece, the Tariq Cohen of an offense, or is he going to actually be a reliable producer? And that's where I think he's going to be more of the Tariq Cohen of an offense. Um, Mechie was next. I think Mechie's an interesting one because of obviously the injury, but he's just going to be a man, dude, steady Eddie. Like he's just going to be a guy. He's going to be just a dude. He's going to hang around the league for 12 years. Right. He's he's Jason Avant. Do you remember Jason yeah. Avant? Were you yeah, alive for him? I do. I was alive <laughs> for Jason Avant. Um, he's gonna yeah. Big I agree. third down catches, but he's got forty on the season. So it's... that's yeah, man. I think that's gonna be him. He's gonna he's gonna he's just gonna be really he's unreliable. He's a twenty oh eight Chevy. You'll drive for thirty years. <laughs> you know. Is it a Chevy? That's now? it. That's is it. it Our Chevy or is it, I thought it was Toyotas at this point. Well, I don't know. One of the one of the one I don't of know. It's one of those things. Cars, Toyota, Chevy, um, yeah, the Honda, the Honda, Ford Focus, the Ford Focus the, of the class, the um, '94 Civic. So John Mechie's oh, the '94 wow. Civic. Right, see now, now, see now, you're aging yourself. Uh, but yeah, I think that's <laughs> Mechie right there, dude. It's just I think he's gonna be the '94. What'd you say, '94 Civic? Yeah, the Honda Civic, the '94 Honda go. Civic. He's a '94 oh, yeah. Civic. I'm gonna put it in my draft notes. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he's he's interesting. I, I I think he'll go um early day three. Uh, I think Wanda will go mid day two. Dotson will go late day one. Good. I like. We're gonna go lightning round here because we we finished cool. up uh, most of your tiers here. Typically, Robbie doesn't like to allow people to use the same wide receiver twice. However, I'm going to do that with the caveat of if you use somebody twice. Say say who it is and then say, you know, next best. All right. Okay. That's fine. All right. Best route runner. Olave. Deep threat. Burks. Hands. Ooh, that's a hard one, actually. Uh London. London. Oh, okay. He's best mm-hmm. contested catchability. I'll say Burks again. Okay. I think I, I, uh, I would yeah. say best currently, but I think he has the highest upside to be the best contested catch. Okay, since you already used him, who would it be after that? And then it would probably be London. And then after London, who would it be? Wilson. I, th- I think those three okay. guys. And I-, I think you could put them in any order. In the, in your, yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Best body control? Pickens. Quickest release? More. Rawest prospect? Burks. Highest upside, kind of. Okay. It's definitely Burks. Most likely to exceed your expectations. So that's like you have like the lowest score on that you're like, wow, he's going to be... He's he's gonna oh, jump up to in whatever tier. All my tiers or in just the first two tiers? No, we're gonna go most likely to exceed for every tier. Oh shit. All right. Let me let me I think I'm gonna go with Christian Watson. 
I, I think okay. it's it's either gonna be him or Jamison Williams where I'm gonna be like, wow, like they really <laughs> smashed my expectations. I don't have him in a place where like I don't have like Watson like as like a tier seven receiver or tier six receiver that I don't think is gonna produce. It's just I he might just totally blow me away in terms of what I expect him to do. And Williams right. could go to Kansas City Chiefs and freaking have 1,300 yards every single season with Patrick Mahomes. So could happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to go highest bust potential out of your top two tiers. Burks, 100%. I, th- I, th- I think it's – I think he's just very much going to depend on if the offensive corner is going to basically just run the passing offense through him. Like that's what they're gonna have to do. He is not a plug and play outside guy. You're gonna have to get him comfortable at the NFL level. And if you don't, he's gonna end up he's gonna end up flaming out like Nikhil Harry did. I don't think he is Nikhil Harry. I've seen that a lot on Twitter nowadays. Yeah, I don't nowhere think so near the prospect. Like in terms of what they do stylistically, not close. But I think in terms of him not being brought on instead of being like Nikhil Harry was plugged in not brought on and it really hurt his career. All right. So I'm going to do one more. We didn't talk about, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you have the, if you need a wide receiver in dynasty and you have your pick of the litter, who are you taking? How's my, how's my team last year? Uh, You're a contender. You're okay. Can you give me a landing spot? I'm not giving you anything. Oh, you're terrible. Okay. Assume. Okay. All right. Assume every one of them went to Kansas city. (laughs) Okay. I like that actually. Right. Um, I'd probably say Garrett Wilson. Good. I'd actually definitely say Garrett Wilson because with London, I'm I'm scared that the injury is going to hold him back the first half of his rookie season. I'm scared that Burks isn't going to acclimate soon enough for me to win a championship. With Wilson, I'm not scared of anything. I think he's going to ball out from day one and be a, have 850 plus yards a rookie year. I think that's dead on. He's just the safest prize. Um, yeah. If he goes to, I mean, the Jets or the Jets, I'm scared. Cleveland's Cleveland. I'm scared, even if they have Deshaun Watson. I talked to Cody about this in the last show with like Cleveland. I don't all of a sudden see Cleveland turning around and throwing 60% of the time just because they got Deshaun Watson. Right. Look right. at their wide receivers. So that wide receiver, if a wide receiver goes to Cleveland in the first, well, not in the first round anymore, but um, whatever wide receiver goes to Cleveland, I have concerns about just because of the, the volume, et cetera. All right. Now we're going to do sure. some of your best fits for teams uh, that have needs at wide receiver. We're just going to assume that I don't want to say that everybody's available because we know that everybody's not going to be available here. Okay. So let's just kind of use our judgment. I can tell you who might be off the board if you would like uh, sure. to make the exercise a little bit easier. Uh, we're going to go with Atlanta. No wide receivers have been taken yet. Uh, Drake London. We're going to go to the Philly. Jamison Williams. All right. So is Garrett Wilson off the board in that circumstance? Ooh, yes, I think he is. I think what's going to happen is Atlanta, if they stay in their draft positions, it's either going to be between uh, it's me receiver, it's going to be London, or it is going to be Wilson. So you can flip flop those two if you want to. Yeah. Do you think the Jets go wide receiver in the first? If they stay, yes, I think they do. I think they have to. I think it's if you don't make a move in free agency, I think you're kind of telling on yourself. All right, Kansas City, what is your dream scenario for Kansas City? So Kansas City and Green Bay are interesting because I'm not going to take anybody off the board because if they want to trade up, they have two first-round picks. Okay, uh, Sky Moore. I think they go Sky Moore. Sky Moore. I've seen a bunch of mocks there. I, th- right. I think it just makes a lot of sense. I think I think he's the best blend of level three, level one target that's going to be available to them. And I think he's also a really high upside guy because of how little he's played the position. All right, so here's another here's another good one. Kansas City, they have back-to-back first-round picks, I believe, at 28-29. Sorry, no, 29-30. Traylon Burks and Sky Moore are on the board. Did they take them both? Holy shit. If I'm – dude, if I'm Veach, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Patrick one, right? Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes be blowing up my phone and take both those guys, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, shit. I If I want to win – you want to close that gap that you just left Tyree Kale? And you get, if yeah. you do that, you get two wide receivers on f- with five years of control. Two wide receivers, which is five years of control. And I also think of it like this. Travis Kelsey is probably has two years left. Yeah. And that's it. If you All don't right. get these two guys now that Burks, 
was being mocked as a top 12 pick through the whole offseason. And I think that's what his talent is. You might as well get him when he falls. Um, yeah. And then Sky Moore, I think he's going to be a player we look back on and be like, holy shit, why was he not a top 15 pick? All right, Green Bay, who's your perfect fit? At 22, who's your perfect um, fit? At okay. 22, that's a tough one. Because I think a couple things will happen with Green Bay is they're going to shoot themselves in the foot because they're going to have to take Chris Olave. That's what they do. I think they're 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 with wide receivers. The that's boring, what they do. He's the most boring of this bunch, but the one that will make Rodgers probably the happiest for the next few years. He does have the ceiling, yeah. right? He's the more that I think about it, Chris Olave with Green Bay is totally Aaron Packers guy. It, it's Aaron Rodgers he's guy. Smashed. Like that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I would bet if there's any receiver in this draft that I, they're going to draft, it's going to be Chris Olave because he's the that's. He's the most NFL-ready guy. He's not going to – you know, Traylon Burks might have, you know, Aaron Rodgers sending him clay toothpaste one play, and the next play, you know, he's he's hating the guy, right? Just, yeah. All right, going to – what are they, 28? I think Christian Watson, if they would go wide receiver, would be a, a good fit there. Oh, GB? Yeah, I, I think so. I think if they don't take one early on, yeah, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be Watson. I think that's a solid pick for them too. All right, yeah, let's go to yeah. – we got two more teams left. If the Bills were to actually take a wide receiver, who's the who's the dream scenario on who might be there? Oof. I think the I think the one that would probably be the best with Allen would probably be David Bell. I think you just lost to Cole Beasley, and you need to bring someone in that's reliable. But I think you do you go one or two ways. You try to you try to go study Eddie, you get that 94 civet, and you get David Bell. <laughs> or what you do, you get you know him or John Mechie. John Mechie can probably get a little bit later. Or you just try to spice things up and go Wando Robinson. You, you you could help your running game a little bit as well. But I think I, I think when we're talking about their running game, I think they go running back at 25. So I, they're I, basically you're, you're plugging them as like Pittsburgh last year, where it just yeah. makes too much, just too much. Uh, Josh Allen's not getting younger. You want to take, you want more tread on his tires by yeah. giving him goal line touches. No, you don't want to do that. I think Brees Hall's going to go earlier than we think too. Chargers. I would say probably. It's a, sneak, it's a sneaky need for them. It is a sneaky need because you know Keenan Allen's not getting younger either. Um, I think I think they go a couple ways. I think one way is uh, Alec Bur- oh, sorry, Alec Pierce. Um, I think that's one of the ones they could go with. Jahan Dotson as that level three guy makes sense, but ultimately I think they fall in love with a guy like George Pickens. It's a good one, round two. I, I think in round two they fall in love with him. Round three, Justin Ross makes sense too. Yeah, they, um, they tend to like the the bigger receivers there. Yeah, because they're going to want to push the have... ball down the field too. So it's right. like, you know, they're going to want to go after some of those guys. But I th- I think I'd say Pierce, Pickens, um, Ross. Obviously, the, the, the one that we would love is um, Jamison Williams. I think that would be – if they could trade yeah. up and get him, um, that would be huge. But um, I don't right. see if, that happening. But I think we chewed the wide receivers up pretty good here tonight. What do you think? I agree, man. Thank you. No, no, it's a lot of fun, man. I'll come back anytime. Be sure to check out Angelo's stuff. Go over to angeloanalysis.com. You can catch him on Twitter, Angelo underscore fantasy. I am the Dynasty Infidel. Hit the subscribe button. You know what to do. All that jazz. Yada, yada, yada. This is still better than Cody's outros. Love you all. Till next time. We're out. Sovereignty and rum. One day when the tongue is done, we'll take our leave and go. Soon may the old man come to bring us.